What's going on, everybody? We are back again to talk some MMA at the Fight Stance Podcast. I am joined by Flex. What's going on, guys? We're going to start off with the uh, UFC 226 news of one of the most anticipated fights of the year thus far. You know, Max Holloway, Brian Ortega. It's not happening. The most anticipated. Uh, Everybody knows by now, Max had to drop out for concussion-like symptoms. Uh... I guess he was rushed to the hospital twice this week, and he's unable to fight, and the fight has been scrapped as a whole. So uh, it's it's super disappointing. It really is, man. It hurts. It hurts to hear that this fight's not happening. Yeah, man. I'm, the worst than the fight not happening is in thinking about doing a, a Jeremy Stevens, Frankie <laughs> Edgar interim shot when neither of them are deserving of a title shot, and they're talking about doing a... An interim title shot. Don't and say I'm, that. I'm like, so when they win, who's going to face Holloway? Not Ortega? I don't. You know what I mean? It's but, a mess. Interim is, 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 I'm tired of hearing that fucking word. Yeah. I'm sick of it. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, I mean, it, it sucks that this is the, the third time that Max has dropped out this year. Yeah. Um, This is one of the fights that I was like, I just don't know who's going to win. And the problem is that Max is such a badass. He's technically not even dropping out of these fights. It's not like he's nursing a rib injury and he tells his coaches, I don't want to fight because of this injury. He's being cut off by the commissions and by these medical staffers. The Khabib situation was kind of different. Short notice, trying to make the weight. Um, He hurt his ankle for the Frankie Edgar fight. Yeah. And now this one is, we don't know what happened. I don't know if it was a sparring injury. Uh, we don't know. Like, how do you how do you all of a sudden just have concussion like symptoms? It, it was before the weight cut. It's not related to the weight cut. I don't know. I mean, it has something to do with heavy sparring. I would guess it's probably somewhat similar to the symptoms that Donald Cerrone talked about years ago when he decided he's not sparring in training anymore, where he yeah. just he's feeling it and you see it in the speech. You know, we watch those videos. Yeah, the one with uh Bisping. The one with Bisbing is really telling. It's it's very and an open workout. Scary. There's, there's a few punches in the open workouts. Um, that just happened yesterday. It's like oh, something's going on. No pop. Exactly. It, almost like he's like, let me slow this down and focus so I don't miss the mitt. Right. And you had that one punch that we talked about where that shit just missed. And yeah. it's not like we're making fun of Max. This is a horrible thing he's going through. It's we know what he's capable of. We've seen him hit mitts before. We've seen his. We actually went last night and watched his old open workouts just yeah. to compare them. It's just, it's just so disappointing. I think I saw the numbers that were. This is the seventeenth fight of two thousand eighteen that is being canceled or changed in some way. That's just a, a a main or a co-main fight. Yeah, that's crazy. Seventeen. It's pretty bad. There's some kind of anime gods curse or. You know, the pressure of these fights, the, maybe people are training incorrectly because of the anticipation of fighting on such a big card. I mean, it's happening rampant, and you can't really put your finger on what is the common issue here. Yeah, I mean, Max is one of my favorite fighters. Um, Ortega is one of my favorite fighters. Yeah. I said the other day, I was like, I don't want Max Holloway's streak to end because I like him so much. Right. But if it's going to end... Brian Ortega is the guy that I wanted to end it against. Right. Exactly. Or Frankie Edgar, because I love both of those guys. But yeah. 
you know, I don't want to see it ended against. I didn't want to see it ended against Aldo. I didn't want to see it ended against. Uh, uh, who am I trying to think of? Jeremy Stevens or you oh. know somebody like that. You know what I mean? Like, I wanted to be against a guy that I like just as equally, if not more. And uh, now we don't even get to see the fight. But I know. I mean, Ortega is, is that guy, like you said, that you do want to see him succeed. You know, he's he's got the personality. He's he's put in the time. He's earned his right. And any doubt that people had about him, he's proven wrong. I mean, you know, getting a, a TKO over Clay Guida to kind of get some kind of recognition in the beginning of his career, and then moving from there, every fight he's had that he's won, people had the odds stacked against him, mostly because they didn't know him. But secondly, it's like, how is he going to get this finished? Because if you look at his wins, he's losing the first two rounds. Of yeah, and he comes fights. back in the third. He's losing the beginning of these fights, and he looks I, outclassed. I look and then at he that. Pulls uh, some shit out, and it's like, I look at that Moicano fight. Moicano was winning the fight, mm-hmm. went for a takedown to secure the win in the third round, and then got caught in the in the guillotine. Yeah, beautiful. So I mean, that was fight of the night. Yeah, it's just uh, I look at that, and I'm like, that would have been a loss for Ortega, but. I mean, he's just he just finds a uh, finds a way to pull these these wins out. And I was looking at this fight, and I was like, "This is either going to be a Max decision or an Ortega finish." And Max could have won the first four rounds, and you'd go into the fifth round thinking, "Well, it only takes a little slip up." Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's that's what made it so intriguing. And uh, you know, hopefully, you know, me and you talked about going to uh, the November card, yeah. Madison Square Garden. I mean. Mm-hmm. Hopefully they rebook it for that. Yeah, because I'm nice. paying good money. Oh, absolutely. To go see that in person, man. Absolutely. It kind of depends on exactly what is ruled for Max. Like if there's some sort of concussion protocol that comes into play, even though it wasn't during a fight, you know, can medical staff come in and say, "Oh, well, since he was pulled from a fight due to a alleged concussion, we don't know if that's, uh, uh, you know, guaranteed that it was definitely a concussion." But if he's pulled from the fight. Are they going to move on and say, okay, well, he can't fight for the next three months. He can't fight for the next six months. Yeah. Because if it, if it is a long period of time, that would rule out. It's weird because they say that he was taken. The they say he was taken to the hospital on Monday. Yeah. And he was held overnight. But it doesn't sound like they gave him any kind of diagnosis. Right. Well, you held him overnight. So obviously you're seeing something wrong. You're not Where sending him good? home like, no, you're okay. You're just. You're dehydrated or... Yeah, they gave concussion-like symptoms. That's what I kept seeing on Twitter. Concussion-like symptoms. Okay, well, does he have a concussion? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, Yeah. What what is the diagnosis here? I don't know. I wonder if they have... So I know in the NFL, they do a baseline test Mm -hmm. where guys do a test before the season. I don't know what kind of test, but some kind of cognitive test. Yeah, I heard about that. And then... If they're showing concussion-like symptoms, they compare those two. They make you take that test again, and you have to, you have to, your two tests have to be in sync to when right. you didn't have a concussion. Yeah. So maybe that's something they should institute here. Oh, but, definitely. Uh, obviously disappointing. But I mean, the card is going to survive on its own uh, without the without that fight. It's just it's just a bummer. But yeah. It's a shame, man. It really is. It's a shame because, uh, like I said, this is one of the most anticipated fights of the year. I always want to see Ortega fight. I always want to see Holloway fight. I'm not as big a Holloway fan as you are, though he's definitely earned his spot. And, yeah. 
We'd but, like to see him continue to defend. Speaking about the card, um, I mean, how are you looking at this card? Well, fight of the night that I had in <laughs> one of our last podcasts, I believe it was our first podcast, actually. Our first podcast, uh, we were talking about a potential Felder fight, and then the whole McGregor mayhem happened, and he was taken off that card because his opponent moved up, et cetera, et cetera. Felder finally has a fight against Mike Platinum Perry, and this is, I'm going to say the same thing again, potential fight of the night, for sure. Yeah, and it's For gotten, both guys. I'm looking now, it looks like it's officially moved up to the main card. I'm not I'm not positive on that. On the UFC website, it only has them on the FS1 prelims. Well, as but I go should, to... But it should move up because on the FS1 prelims, I, I mean on the main uh, website, on the main card, on that website, it has Holloway Ortega, so... As I go to Wikipedia to get... <laughs> To work my way through my life, oh. it has it listed on both the main card and the prelims. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't really know. I don't um, know, but it, it definitely has main card potential. You know, each fighter individually has fight yeah, potential. Yeah. So this fight coming together, this is great for Felder. This is great for Perry. You know, we're not going to touch too much on some of these cards that may or may not be on the main card, or fights rather that may or may not be on the main card, though. Uh, this is an interesting fight. I'm, I'm going to dare to be different okay. uh, for fight of the night. I'm looking at uh, Chiesa and Pettis. Interesting. I think that's got some serious potential to be a uh, fight of the night. For me, that I, for me, the, the potential greatness for that fight lies in the ground game. And if that gets real interesting. If that doesn't get interesting... I see Kiesa winning an easy decision. I just look at how good uh, the fight that Pettis had with Poirier was really good. The fight that he had with Holloway, with Holloway was really good. So you think um, Pettis is coming back? Oh, what Showtime's coming back? That's what I'm asking, man. He seems no, like Showtime seems like he's still kind of broken to me. Showtime's not back, right? Um, and that's what I mean. No disrespect. I don't think Showtime went anywhere. It's just yeah, he went to. <laughs> Well, he went to a losing streak. I and, think uh, I think the different division. You see where these these guys just the game passes them by. Yeah. And Eddie Alvarez came in and was like, I can push this guy up against the cage. Before Al- Alvarez it was RDA that took advantage of him, but yeah, the Alvarez one stands out because he said, Look, I can just push this guy up against the cage, and it stifles all that range that he needs for his strikes. Yeah. So um, put him in a position that Pettis has never been in before. Right. So, uh, I don't know. I, I, I kind of think that Pettis is going to slip this one out, though. I, I'm i not the biggest Chiesa fan. I think he's slick mm-hmm. in his ground game. Um, but I'm, I'm just not I'm just not a huge Chiesa fan. Did, did you see where he said that Holloway, uh, not Holloway, that McGregor took away his title shot? Yeah. That's you saw I, that? I didn't bother commenting. I saw that on Twitter. I was like... <laughs> Okay. Yeah, he was like, I was the highest ranked guy. Uh, you know, I would have got it over Iaquinta. McGregor took that away from me. Or I was like, uh, all right, pal. Pity points. He wants pity points. Sorry. Yeah. Happen. Um, I was I wasn't feeling that, but um, I can see where you're coming from. With Kiesa, for me, is he's just always average, and I feel like Pettis just shows signs of being mentally broken and not really realizing who where he fits in in each division you know he didn't know what weight class he meant to be at and he's still he's back at 55 he's still in his 
20s. That's what's crazy. Oh, oh I lied. He's 31. Yeah, I was <laughs> double checking that. I was like, let me double check here. He looks like he's in his 20s. <laughs> yeah, he looks like he's 21 years old. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> that, I mean, that's my pick for fight of the night. How about how about your pick for performance of the night? I just can't help but think about the Ortega fight. I'm sorry. Uh, performance of the night. Performance of the night. I see DC getting performance of the night. DC? Yeah. Even though I have Stipe winning, like, I could see if DC does win, he'll get performance of the night. Because I feel like one of the big things we talked about last night is uh, Miocic's power. Just his overall strength. Height isn't really that big of an issue for Cormier. We talked about Cormier's patented clinch uppercut technique. We talked about Cormier getting on the inside and getting grimy. He can clearly take big punches, and he's fought guys above 6'4". He's He's fought guys tall, you know, five, six inches taller than him. So height's not the issue. He's got to get a finish, though, to get that. I look at that uh, Gokan Saki Roundtree Mm -hmm. or Nganu Lewis, and I'm just like... Performance of the night? Yeah, whoever has the filthiest knockout (laughs) from those four. Ooh. Is gonna get or or one of each one of each fight, but yeah, because you know multiple can get the uh, the bonus. There's but, a um, lot of high level striking potential in this card. That's what makes it so interesting. I mean, yep. even Casey Pettis. But you look at Uriah Hall, Paulo Uriah Costa, Hall, Uriah Hall, legendary top three knockout Felder. of all time. I mean, Felder's on another level. Yeah, his Muay Thai, his Muay Thai, uh, those striking Lando Venata, Lando. You know, Lando, there's some, there's some boy. fun, some fun striking, man. And then just some, some power killers. Yeah. Um, that fight scares me. Ngannou Lewis scares me. I never wanted them to match up. In a perfect world, they create a new division. For, yeah. For I mean, Lewis. I said, I, I said I didn't want them that. to match up because they're both, they were both heading, heading towards that title shot and you didn't want to knock each other out of contention. Yeah. But mm-hmm. with Ngannou losing that changes the whole game up oh yeah you know now it's it's okay it doesn't really matter um who you got for uh stipe in dc i want to stick with stipe by decision i would love for cormier to win but i want to be realistic and i really feel like his strength it's not going to allow dc if dc takes stipe down he's not going to be able to keep him down and i don't think dc is going to be able to knock stipe out i don't picture that as a possibility i think dc did very well heavyweight a long time ago but he did do very well heavyweight. He can hold his own. He clearly can take punches from big guys, though I don't see a world in which he knocks Miocic out or controls him on the ground. And how else is he going to win a decision if he can't control Miocic on the ground? It's like a, it's like the countdown until Miocic clips Cormier, and even clipping him once or twice, he's going to win the decision. I think that um, see, I started out with Cormier. I switched to Stipe. And uh, last night or the night before, I changed back to Cormier. I just think, like, I think the wrestling's going to negate each other. Um, Probably, yeah. But if if it did come to wrestling, Cormier has that advantage. That's the thing, though. Cormier's going to negate, or rather, is going to negate Cormier's wrestling. I don't think is going to try to wrestle DC. He shouldn't. Yeah, but, it's um, a really bad idea. Man, like I just, I just look at 
even the strength factor. I think Stipe's got more knockout power. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. But as far as just pure strength, I've heard that Daniel Cormier is the strongest dude in the UFC from people. who though? Khabib, Luke, Kane? No, they were talking about it in a Man, what's the sweetest dude? Latifi. Oh, you seen yeah, Latifi? Latifi. Yeah. Is he AKA as well though? No, nah, Latifi is. I don't I don't know where Latifi's at. Maybe he's a uh, ATT. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. I don't know. I think Latifi's ATT. I'm not quite sure. I think he trains with Gustafson. Or maybe I'm just saying that cuz they're Swedish. <laughs> Regardless, uh, apparently those are the, as far as like bench press, Mm. you know, it was DC and Latifi are like the strongest oxes in the, in the, in the UFC. And, uh, so when it came, if it, if it was to come to wrestling, DC has that advantage. If there was in some crazy world, there was a submission in this fight, it would be DC. A hundred percent. Um, on the feet, Stipe's got more power in his hands. DC has more diverse striking. You see more from the clinch. Yeah. Definitely from the clinch. Uh, kicks, things like that. I just think he's gonna, I, I think it's gonna go five rounds. Uh, stamina's not gonna be an issue with either guy. Mm. I think it's gonna be Cormier by decision. He's gonna outstrike him. And I think it's gonna be something like Three rounds to two. Interesting. Very, very interesting. And uh, tomorrow I will switch back to Stipe. <laughs> <laughs> after, <laughs> after you uh, do some more research. Yeah, tomorrow yeah. I'll, I'll switch that up. Uh, Francis and Lewis. How about that one? Whew, that's scary. Uh, people talk about the possibility of Lewis just taking advantage of what he saw in the Nganu. Miocic fight and wrestling in Ganu. I don't see that happening. I, I see if it goes to the ground, you'll see a clear difference in, you know, Lewis. That's not his specialty by any means, though he's just way more confident in that era because he's been doing it longer. So if it goes to the ground, you'll see a clear advantage for Lewis and maybe he'll stay there. The thing about Lewis is he's looking to smush you. He's looking to get you up against the cage if he if he has you on the ground, and he's looking to TKO you. He's not looking for submissions. He's not getting fancy. Just gorilla ground and pound. And uh, I I see that happening, though. The whole flash knockout, like people are on two sides of it. People are like, Ngannou is gonna knock him out with one punch. Lewis is gonna take him down and ground and pound him. I think it's gonna be way more interesting than that. I think it's going to be a lot more interesting than that, and I think you'll see an improvement in Ganu's striking, which could be dangerous for Lewis. I think Lewis gets the W, though. I don't think. I think Lewis. I think it's going to be the first one. I think it's going to be a fucking crazy knockout. Round one. Crazy round knockout. one, because they're going to be dead in round two. They be oh. swinging for the fences round one. That's what they do. Yeah, so, maybe. I I can't see it if it if it gets to round two. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a decision. Yeah. It's going to be a first-round knockout, or it's going to be a decision. I don't see a finish in round two or three because they're not going to have any power behind their uh, b- behind their punches. And both of these guys can take a fucking punch, too. Yeah. Look at that fucking... Uh, uh, what was it? Uh, Black Beast against Roy Nelson. Mm. There were some bombs thrown in that. I think uh, he knocked Roy Nelson's tooth into the third row in, yeah. in that fight, and 
those guys, the noggins on it on on those guys, you know, <laughs> like they can take a fucking hit and it's that the same a thing. Lit decision. Yeah, that's crazy. I, I actually thought Roy won. Yeah, but um, he repeatedly took Lewis down. He just didn't do anything with it. But, that was when I believe that was when you bro- first brought up to me how remarkable uh, Lewis's not his stand up but his ability to stand up. Yeah, was. that's what they. How he just had no throughout technique. the whole fight. He just muscled his way. Nelson up. would take him down, and he would just lay there, and then he'd be like, "All right, I'm gonna get up now," and he would just <laughs> <Yeah>. stand up. <laughs> no special technique, nothing fancy. Just not, not feeling this anymore. None stands up. Yeah. He's like, all right, I got my, I got my win back. Let's go. Exactly. Stand yeah. back up. That's, you had to do it at least like game. three you times. Know, you gotta preserve your energy because you're limited when you have to cut weight to two sixty five. Yeah. Uh, but but uh, just looking at the the card overall, I mean, even with Ortega and Max being taken off, I think it's the best card of the year. Yeah, it's so, an amazing card. Um. Yeah, man. I'm hyped for it. What else we got? Let's move on. Let's move on from there. We got uh You want to talk about tough? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> should we because it's relevant? Uh yeah. yeah, I mean we'll all right, so I watched every seat not every season. I watched every episode of Tough this year. Yeah. Me too. I think yeah, you did too. And uh unfortunately. I said the only reason I was going to watch every episode is so that we could talk about it on the podcast and we could talk about it with people mm-hmm. and know what we're talking about. I feel like I wasted 12, 12 nights of my life watching Tough. Uh, 11 nights. 11. <laughs> 11. Last week's episode was amazing. I could rewatch DC on Ice. That needs to be, forget Broadway. Disney on Ice. This is DC on yes. Ice. This oh, was a, an amazing episode, but uh, iconic, man. But the the rest of the season is just so dry, man. It's not even just; it's definitely dry. It's also depressing as fuck. The most injuries in the history of Tough. Those injuries. Everybody had, uh, was injured almost instantly. Paint, paint. His name Pena, right? Yeah, Pena. Pena. Pena got Pena hurt. Bros. Um, can't remember Smallin the had the enzyme issue. I guess he worked out too hard doing cardio. Or he just got nervous as fuck. Yeah, Dana says he just pulled a bitch move. Yeah, yeah. And somehow he's still on the finale. He had enzyme deficiency um, or some bullshit. What's his name? Steel? The one that's always wearing the the, the Ray-Bans Steel? in yeah. the house? Yeah. Um, He broke his foot or whatever. So it was at least three injuries this year. And uh, yeah, at least kinda, one of them was... just kind of had that... It didn't have me hype, you know? Nah. I don't know if it's because I'm from the era of tough where you wait until every Wednesday night to watch it because you don't have any choice because there's no streaming, you know? I don't know if it's because that's what I'm used to and I'm comparing it to the old way because I'm not as hyped. Though there's definitely seasons in the last no, two or three years I was excited for. It's because the fighters suck. <laughs> see, I don't want to compare say that, Compare like them to past seasons. Correct, what guy did you see this season that you're like, that guy's going to be top 10 in his weight class. Bracatona. <laughs> I like Bracatona. He's my sleeper to win the whole thing. Though, um, I definitely see a clear difference between striking of a low-level guy in the UFC that is like starting to make a name for themselves and these guys. I, like, just, I just look at these guys and I'm like, 
what I've seen on the contender series this year. I was year, just gonna say, look at the difference between the contender. The series talent and level the is just is just it's just different. Just because these guys are undefeated doesn't necessarily mean anything. There's guys that have come in with losses that maybe it was their first fight of their whole career they lost, or yeah, maybe it was a flash knockout and it just it just happens. But the fact that they're undefeated is just uh, it just didn't mean anything when I saw their talent on display. I look at those guys and part of it is like losing. You see a clear difference in their overall game after a loss. Like, whoa, they definitely grown after that loss. Usually sometimes after wins, they're like, oh, I'm just keep doing the shit I've been doing because I'm clearly the best at it. Yeah, I mean, uh, trying to think of a guy. I mean, maybe Giannetti can be something, but you know I'm all about potential. Yeah. Potential is my thing. I like looking at these guys before they're in the UFC and saying, this guy could be champion one day in the UFC. This guy could be a top five guy in his weight division. Yeah. I don't see that in a single fighter. What it, what excited me about the idea of having a season of undefeated is, oh, maybe I'll care if they lose one fight and, oh, no, now they have that one loss. I never thought about that once in the no, entire season. But it doesn't even count towards a record. Well, either way, like, I never thought about them. You know how you think about somebody being undefeated, like Khabib? And you're yeah. like, oh, my gosh, that one loss. Like, Floyd Mayweather, if he had one loss, everybody would talk about that one loss. When Khabib finally gets one loss, everybody will talk about that one loss. Well, look at it this way. Karate, Delani. Oh, my God. He's still what undefeated, man, technically. Man. He's still undefeated. Yeah. Because these aren't real fights. Well, mentally, he's broken. They, they don't have the... Uh, one, one thing that bothered me is it's two different weight classes. Yeah. Uh, another thing that bothered me, they don't do the the fight to get into the house thing anymore, you know? Yeah, I missed that. That was a big deal. I felt that, like that was really yeah. kind of the staple that if they're going to run out the last season or so of tough, they should have just kept with that. We laughed last night because we're watching the fight and I said, I said, oh, that's the, that's the golden snitch sitting up front. Yeah. There was nobody next to him. All of a sudden you see Dana walking in with about a minute and 37 seconds left in the second round. Yep. And takes a seat next to the Golden Snitch. Just yeah. got there. Just came for the photo op. Yeah. We we laughed about how he probably didn't even just drive up to the facility. Nope. He probably was in his office. He came out of his office. Like, it was like, ah, oh, let me go. It's about time to take those pictures for uh, <laughs> like, hold on. the face-offs. What are they? Are they recording that today? Yeah. Oh, I'll be there. <laughs> yeah. I'll come over. Let me go check that out. <laughs> All right. Or do I have to be there? All right. That's when I'll be there. Or, or somebody said, hey, man, this fight's actually good. And he said, no shit. And he walked out. <laughs> Yo, that's exactly right. <laughs> that was a great fight. Yeah, it was a good-ass fight. That was a really good fight. You know, when they mm. said that Cuccinelli was going to go back in, I was like, oh. Literally the right? only fight that I really enjoyed the whole season. Yeah, his first fight versus Bryce wasn't that good. Bryce just implemented his game plan, took him down at will, and controlled the fight. And then when you saw him against Tyler Diamond, you're like, whoa. Yeah. First of all, they both have chins. Yeah. And they just, they put it all out there. It's one of those, put their heart, you know, in the center of the cage and just made it happen. You know, they really showed that they, they deserve to be there. It was it was enjoyable. I think both of them are, well, obviously Cuccinello, but I think Tyler Diamond might be on the fight tonight. I mean, tomorrow night. Let me double check for you. Um. I mean, I, I think that he earned... Being put on the finale, even though I'm against losers being put on the finale, I don't, I don't, I don't like that. But 
I don't see him on here. No, got, well, maybe he's not on there. We've got Gunther Zuniga, Pena Smolin. Jeez. We've got Cuccinello Katona All and right. Trezano Gianetti. Time for time for a reset. <laughs> so Gunther <laughs> lost both of his fights. Yep. He lost his first one he got by choked out in 13 seconds. Instant choke out. And then he got pummeled. And then he showed the worst striking I've ever some of the most heart. Heart only gets you so far. You know, I don't give a fuck about heart. I'm gonna be honest with you. I give a fuck about heart when you're showing your striking because you've trained and it's just not landing and you you have some competency but, in striking but in MMA overall. Fucking Zuniga sucked too. Yeah, Zuniga wasn't good either. But that's the thing. He was undefeated. He was four and zero. Where? I'm pretty sure he's four and zero somewhere in Costa Rica, son. <laughs> Apparently he's. Oh, he's like thirteen and zero. Gunther was four and zero. Zuniga was thirteen and zero. Yeah, and not out of his own country. Yeah, but uh, would you would you say Zuniga? Oh my god, bro! So we were watching. <laughs> we went back and watched. What was that episode ten? Episode 11? Yeah, 11. 11. We went back and watched episode 11, the, the DC on Ice episode. And I paused it because <laughs> after, you know, everybody thought that Stipe was going to win because he had hit a certain amount in a row and he only had to get four, I believe, to beat DC in the, the coaches' The greatest challenge. performance and on ice. DC on DC ice. DC had the greatest defensive hockey comeback from his knees because he couldn't stand straight up. <laughs> To save his life, no. but had the greatest comeback, won the coach's challenge, and there was a small freeze frame where you see Zuniga in the background, and all I could think is, my country need money, man. <laughs> <laughs> that $1,500, he could have bought a whole house. Oh, my God, man. My country need money. <laughs> like, it's fucked up to laugh about, but it's fucking hilarious. Well, DC had promised to give 10000 to each of his fighters. Right. And... After the fight, Stipe's like, yeah, I would have matched it too and given 10000 all my guys. And it's like, bro, because you got your ego hurt in a yeah, hockey shootout, you just you're not going to give them any money grand. anymore? What does this make a difference at all? It doesn't. It's your money. It's not the UFC's money. You can <laughs> give out your money. Nobody's stopping you. Man, D- <laughs> <sighs> Team DC, man. Hashtag Since episode Team one. DC. Killing me, Stipe. You're killing me. I tweeted about it. DC, by far, is the biggest star of this season. Oh, he's the like, only star. Nobody, I not once cared about the fights. I thought there was interesting matchups. I never cared about the fights. I was always like, what is DC going to say? He's yeah. entertaining. Seeing him as the coach, if there was a coach of the year for Tough, or a coach of the history of Tough, DC, Daniel DC Cormier, I'm saying it right now, the greatest coach of all time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he just Easily. was invested. He gave a fuck every episode. Yep. And it showed. He's showing up at the house playing video games with his guys. Yeah, like, just took him out to dinner. And, like, was it just a genuine guy giving him honest advice? Like, he called out Tylan Clark when Tylan Clark was yeah. training a little too hard. He was fully invested. Yeah. Like, he showed that he gave a fuck. And he showed some fucking energy. Stipe, I mean, zero energy. Zero. 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 He wasn't even there. It was it was James Krause coaching the team yeah. and uh Chris Camozzi t- coaching the team and it's sad. I th- I think, you know, part of this was like a last ditch effort to get Stipe some uh some fan base, you know? Yeah, well. 
and uh, it, he 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 hurt himself. He was almost more popular before the show. And you talked about him. I don't know if you saw an interview about it or you just um, assumed it, but it was very clear that he didn't want anything to do with the show. Yeah, he didn't very want to be clear on that. that he just did it because you know the UFC, Dana, whoever you know made it intriguing for him financially, and basically told him that you know in order to get this fight signed, this is the way that we're going to promote it. And he said, "I guess." Yeah, I don't know, man. I I wasn't all for the the Stipe personality bashing, mm-hmm. but after watching this season, he just he he doesn't do anything to help himself. It's not that he's dislikable; it's that he's not likable. Right? Exactly. Yeah, I don't dislike the man at all. I just think he has zero personality. Like, there's nothing to attach yourself to if you happen to be one of those people like me, where you need to know a little bit about them. And be interested in that yeah. part about them. So like, you see a personality from DC, you know. You see personality the champ, from champ, <laughs> yo, potential champ, the champ, champ, second, second all time, second all time <laughs> champ, champ, <laughs> man. But that's that's enough tough talk, man. I'm we only got one more season of this, so yeah. I'm all about the contender series, man. I love the contender, contender series. series. You know, you really had to convince me at first. I was like, this shit looks like because it was on YouTube and. I watched it casually, and I'm like I said, I'm one of those guys that I gotta care about the fighter, know a little bit about their background, because there's just there's thousands of fighters out there. I can't know them all and be excited just because they have a exciting fight. The contender series two, without fucking Snoop Dogg, is yeah. way more professional. It's just good fights, and a lot of these guys. Bisping is doing his thing. UFC soon. Bisping's doing his thing as a Bisping's commentator. I know you know, he was just finishes on top of finishes. The guy that I really like so far is uh, Ryan Span. Ooh, um, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, there's there's been some some moments. The Greg Hardy moment. Um, Valentina Shevchenko's sister Antonina. Yeah, was on there. You know, there's, there's been some some ones that really really stood out to me. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm a fan. Um, some other fight stuff. We got the PFL tonight, PFL three. I'm also a fan of that. We were gonna, we were going to originally go. It's in DC. It's not a far drive from here. Um, but we're gonna, we're gonna have a little, little uh, mini fight party tonight with the PFL. Get some mm-hmm. wings, watch some fights. Um, what I enjoy about the PFL though is it's finishes after finishes. So yeah, the uh, one that we went to, we went to the opening and. That shit was astonishing. Oh, it was just first round knockout after first round <laughs> it knockout. Was, it was insane. It was nuts, and uh, I'm expecting more of the same. Not in the not in the headliner. You're not gonna see uh, Jake Shields knock anybody out. Yeah, this is welterweight, so, middleweight. These, these well, that should classes. be good. That should be good then. Should be for um, sure. I saw an interesting thing. Jake Shields is fighting. I believe the guy's name is Ray Cooper. Uh huh. And. Uh, Jake Shields actually fought Cooper's father, and now he's fighting the son. So that's insane. Shields has been around for a minute yes, and a half for so fucking long. Yeah, should be a good fight. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to watching some of those tonight. Um, that's really it for the for the fights, though. Yeah, uh, I, yeah. I don't know much about these fighters. Like speaking of tough, Eddie Gordon had a really bad performance on tough. I, I remember, I remember Eddie Gordon a couple seasons ago. Yeah, there's not too many names on here, though. That's the thing about PFL is that 
you're going to have to get invested in this first season, and you're going to if it's anything like PFL 1. Yeah. That's, yeah, man. That's going to be exciting. I'm, I'm, I'm hyped for it. Um, should we get to some MMA hearsay? Yes, let's do it. MMA hearsay. You want to start off with the uh, Conor Khabib? I mean, it's been a rumor for forever, but now it's seeming more concrete than ever. Yeah, so um, there's a rumor floating that Connor and Khabib has been signed or at least agreed to for October 6th, I think it is. Mm-hmm. Um, pay-per-view in Las Vegas. Um, I saw something the last, uh, within the last few days from Twitter account MMA Team Dagestan, they, which apparently is pretty uh, respectable. Uh, they said that if Connor and Khabib didn't get agreed to by next week that the UFC was planning on moving to Khabib and Tony. Mm-hmm. And then a couple of days later, we see a rumor that Connor and Khabib is agreed to. I did see uh, John Kavanaugh had an interview where he said that it's still in, it's still in negotiations or something like that. Okay. But I mean, I, I, yeah, I don't know. Two, I mean, I'll be two twenty nine. I, <laughs> I've been on record as saying this fight's not going to happen because I don't think that Connor really wants to fight Khabib. I just feel like if he really wanted to fight Khabib, it would already be agreed to. Well, I don't know because we find out at the end of this month what happens with... Uh, I mean, it wouldn't have that big of a impact what happens with the whole legal situation in New York mm-hmm. if he does fight in uh, October because that's Vegas commission. Um, but Connor has full control of his career. At any point in time, if he wants him to bet enough, It'll happen. Like, he's the one that's prolonging this shit. And it's just, it's, it's, he's been kind of quiet, too. He's been showing a lot of training pictures, but Mm -hmm. I guess he's staying out because of uh, the legal situations and everything, but, um. Which is smart for now. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. It's supposed to be the end of this month that we find out his, when he has his hearing. So, we'll see about that. I, I. I don't think that Connor has the tools to beat Khabib. I don't think he is confident in the tools that he has right now to beat Khabib. But Connor surprised me before. It's just been a long time. It's hard for me to talk about Connor's skill set though because he's, he hasn't fought MMA in so long. Like it's hard for me to be confident in what he can and can't do. We know he has a powerful left hand. We know he can knock people out. We know his striking is very dynamic and slick and accurate. We know he struggles on the ground. We know Khabib's the best in the world on the ground at that weight class. So yeah, I don't know, man. I think I don't know. <laughs> I just I, I just need to see it. I yeah, just need to see it because I'm not gonna believe until I see it. To the ground. And then we're gonna have to sit through months of hoping that these guys don't get hurt or back oh, out of a fight. You know, it's it's just that's the worry that we have in 2018 MMA. The most exciting division too. It's the fucking lightweight division. Yeah. Um, where we have the best fighters in the world, in my opinion, and or at least the long, the biggest stable of the best fighters. Yet they're plagued with injuries, man. Yeah. Freak injuries like the Kiesa and Felder thing falling up, falling apart, or legitimate injuries <sighs> like. You know, Khabib's liver shutting down or Ferguson rolling his ankle on a fucking aux cord. It's like, uh, <laughs> man, I can't I can't remember who replied to me. 
today or yesterday, but they said until until we see the, these guys walking into the octagon, it's not real. Yeah, exactly. And that's like, that's how it has to be. Tore his LCL. I never heard of an LCL until he tore his LCL. What was it? MCL, ACL, ACL PCL, yeah. LCL. Yeah. Never heard of LCL because it's not a common injury. Doctors said it's not common at all. But anyway, yeah. that, like you said, when it's signed, they're at the arena. They both are sitting there looking at each other, and the ref says, "Let's yeah. fight." Yeah. That's when it's real. Yeah. What what, what we got next? You want to talk about uh, your boy Whitaker? You know he's he's been in the the news obviously after that crazy fight. I I don't want to talk about the decision. Though, let's talk about who he's going to fight next because uh, he's a champ. Well, he's targeting the New York card. Okay. Um, But, yeah, so he said that he believes that Chris Weidman is more deserving than Kelvin Gastelum. He even threw out the name Luke Rockhold as a secondary opponent to Weidman. He thinks Rockhold is more deserving than Gastelum. He said Gastelum needs one more win. (sighs) It seems like something you would base on... Gaslam's lack of performance, like training wise, but his wins are what deserve is what deserves. Let me put it like, like this: he's clearly I, deserving. This, all right, I'm a huge Robert Whitaker fan, but I do not agree with him saying this. Here, here's a point to make: Robert Whitaker's last win mm-hmm. before he got a title shot was Jacare. Mm-hmm. Gaslam is coming off a win. Against Jacare, but he doesn't deserve a title shot, right? Now, I mean, he's basing this off of Weidman beat Gastelum, mm-hmm. but that was at least a year ago, maybe over a year ago, because Weidman's been out with an injury, and Weidman was on a three-fight losing streak before he got that win. Yeah, and even in that win, that win, that fight kind of mirrored uh, T.J. Dillashaw and Cody because Gastelum had that knockdown in the first round mm-hmm. and another 10 to 15 seconds left in that round, he would have finished him. Yeah. And then he got finished himself later in the fight. Right. You know, so it's not like, it's not like Weidman just outclassed him. And right. You saw how Gaslam could have won that fight. Right. He, he showed that he was on the same clear. plane, the point. same plane. Yeah. But, um, yeah, man, Gaslam's he's just, he's way more deserving this fight. He's, you take away that win. Yes, he's fighting a bunch of old heads, mm-hmm. but he's destroying them. Yeah, he ran through Vitor. You Ooh, know, he did the Bisping was. He ran through Bisping. He, did Bisping. he uh he just beat Jacare, which Jacare still, Jacare's coming off that win against Brunson, that head kick win. So Jacare's in phenomenal shape. He's not showing like these other old guys. That was yeah. a good win. It was a close win. Yeah, close decision, but he got the decision in Brazil. I mean, that's that was the proof I needed for me personally. That's the proof I needed for that's, him to be considered for a title. That's shot. pretty telling to me, and I don't know why Rob Whitaker thinks that Weidman is more deserving. I don't get it. For me, the only doubts I ever had, I had two doubts mainly against Gaslam. One, he can't make weight in his own division when he was welterweight. I was like, right. he can't make weight. This guy's unprofessional. He moved up because he continued to be able to not make weight. He, I was right. And he did the right thing. He moved up. And then I was like, okay, this is where he belongs. That was a learning process. He's still a super young guy, you know, coming from tough and 
whatnot. And then I look and I'm like, okay, well, who is he beat? I hate to be like everybody else, but it's common. Who is he beat? And when he beat Jacare, especially the, how close that fight was, I'm like, all right. You know, his his thing on Twitter is uh, hashtag on a mission for gold. He clearly is chasing it. Yeah. And for Whitaker, you know, Whitaker has a lot of power being champ. If Whitaker feels like it would sell better or some reason like that, he's going to push it. And if it's in New York, I would argue only that Wyman would sell better. I know. I know that's, Kelvin. That's messed up for he's, Kelvin. He's said before, you know, he consistently says that he wants to go back to welterweight. Yeah. But he says if the championship opportunity came at middleweight before welterweight, then he's going to take whatever title shot he can get. Right. Regardless of weight class. But there is no, there's no, that's the thing that I don't understand is that he has no chance of getting a title shot at welterweight. You can't just do really well at middleweight and then jump back down and interrupt the rankings. You know Um, what I mean? Like, unless you're Connor. Yeah. But that you can say (laughs) that about anything. Like Connor can do anything always. That's just what Connor wants to do. It's it's a Connor show. uh, it's it's just tough. I mean, for that to happen, he would have to have the welterweight division completely fall apart. The same way DC is going up to to heavyweights because the heavyweight division doesn't have any real contender right now that's like, you can't skip over this guy. Right, exactly. You know, you got Curtis Blades, but you can skip over Curtis Blades and nobody's going to be very upset. Right. Um, maybe he needs one more win or whatever, but... Um, you know, now in welterweight, you got Darren Till. Yeah. <laughs> so once you figure out this whole Colby Covington, Colby, Colby Covington situation, you got Darren Till, who also can't make weight. But that's the next big star, welterweight, and Gaslin's not going to go back down there. But getting back on topic, Rob Whitaker... You're wrong. I don't know what. I don't know why you don't want to fight Gastelum. That's the thing that's weird. I don't know why. I don't that's know the only either. thing I can think of is that specifically Weidman is that it would be a bigger draw because it's New York. It's the only yeah. thing I can think about. It's not like. And it's, I can't picture Whitaker thinking that's a better matchup for him or that. I even don't think the, he really thinks he's more deserving. Even the draw factor. I mean, it's, it's Madison Square Garden. They're going to pack Madison Square Garden regardless of if they have New York fighters there. Yeah, true. Weidman, I don't think, is going to add to your pay-per-view buys. Maybe he does. I have no I think idea. he might. Over Gastelum, maybe, but yeah, not by, like, a ton. Yeah. You know? And it's kind of the same thing, like, for Rockhold. Rockhold is the same kind of draw that Weidman is, in my opinion, against a guy like Whitaker. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know exactly how that's going to play out, you know, looking at Kelvin Gastelum's future, I highly doubt he'll ever go back to welterweight. I just don't see that in his future. It's not healthy. I don't think he'll be that successful over there. Mm-hmm. People talk about him not being able to beat younger guys at middleweight, though. I want to see it. Whitaker is a perfect example of that. Whitaker is young as hell. He's clearly very dominant as a champion. You know, uh, you know, he has that skill set considering his age. Maybe he's not dominant, but he has that skill set considering his age and. That would be the perfect test to prove everybody wrong that is, you know, doubting Kelvin Gastelum. Yeah. So. I don't know. Well. <laughs> I don't know. You're like just tired of hearing about it. You're tired of people doubting your boy. You've been, you've been team I've been Kelvin. On, I've been on the, the team. Yeah. For years, man. Yeah. For years. I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> I'll admit it. 
I'll admit it. I jumped on uh, probably after Jakarai. I, I was considering it after Bizbing. So I was like, holy shit. That was one of those like, holy that move, shit. Take that the move, headphones off. That move back. With it. Exactly. That, That's like when Rogan stands up and takes his headphones off and he's yeah. just staring at the, at the that finish. Was, that was one That's of that the prettiest knockouts. That one too. Crispy. It was that one too, but that, that movement with it. Yeah. We slid out of the way. Anyway, yeah, very so, pretty. Uh, going back to uh, welterweight division. Uh, oh see, see this news about Wonder Boy saying Dana promised him anything yeah. he wants because he took the fight with Darren Till on opponent's soil. Yeah, he saved the card. Yeah, so Pulled now he's out. saying that he wants Robbie Lawler and he wants it to be in South Carolina as a headliner. His, his home, not his hometown, but his home state. Two things about that. One, love Wonder Boy. Time to see him fight. Mm-hmm. Two, what are those South Carolina tickets looking like? Because we need to go. <laughs> Them shit, that, that's going to be in a... I'm going to... All right. It's not even, I can't even say arena. Because there's no arenas in South Carolina that I can think of. Well, maybe he like, named one. Maybe a football arena. But that'll He named go. one. I don't know what goes... On. There's got to be something. They got to have concerts and stuff there. He named one that held fifteen or 16,000 people, which is... Okay. A good size uh, basketball arena, you know. That's pretty big. You know, plus somewhere like Madison Square Garden holds like eighteen to twenty. Yeah. So, it's pretty. I'm it, to go. It's pretty big. I, I remember looking up tickets for uh, UFC. I don't know what the number was, but um, it was Tyron Woodley against Robbie Lawler, mm-hmm. and Demetrius Johnson against somebody. You, you can never keep track of who he fights. And uh, that was in Atlanta, mm-hmm. right? This was in Atlanta. Cage side was like 300 bucks. That's crazy. So somewhere in South Carolina, <laughs> I can only imagine what the tickets are going to look like. Yeah, that's the thing. You're right. There, there probably is venues in these cities. So what's the MMA draw? You know, you look I, at the I can't see it being fight huge, but yeah. Yeah. Um, also, we got the... Uh, Cowboy Cerrone fight series. Cowboy fight series. You're going to have to take the lead on this because I found out about this yesterday. So he posted on Instagram. He kind of uh, of went back to his days before he got signed to the WEC and how Tap Out was instrumental in getting him uh, some some people to look at him. And it eventually led to him being signed by the WEC. Mm -hmm. They kind of did like a little documentary type thing on him. They followed him with a video camera and... Think he was. I think he said he was six and zero at the time when they started this, and then he eventually got signed to the WC, and then he went to the UFC. So he wants to do his own TV series mm-hmm. with amateur fighters. He's going to give them free training at the the BMF Ranch, oh, and man. he's trying to get these guys some TV time because he's like, "Hey, somebody helped me out, right? So I want to help somebody else out." I thought it was pretty cool i love it man i love cowboy he's a good guy it's it's a shame to see him in his current state and uh especially yeah. because he started off at welterweight with so much promise and uh to see him in this transitional phase is a really good thing for him to find the positives in what he can do with his uh influence as opposed to being known as the guy who always takes a fight you know fucking one day notice like he's that guy he's that Hey, I need you to fight. I'm there. Yeah. Guy. And he's been that guy for Dana for a long time. 
And hopefully the UFC supports any decision you make. So hopefully he gets some financial backing for this. And uh, he's been doing, I, I've seen him on a fair amount of podcasts talk about the BMF ranch and he's built it by hand, him and all his fighters, you know, guys he's been with building like kind of a brotherhood, you know, camaraderie for some time. So this is a passion project for him. And uh, I wish him the best, you know. I'm, yeah. always, I'm always supportive of things like that. It, it absolutely looks like a, like a, like a great idea. Um, I don't know if it'll be a, a YouTube series. That'd be dope. It'd be pretty cool. Because the life he lives on top of that should always be documented. This motherfucker is always deep sea diving and fucking skydiving. Yeah. So and all kind of water. Him, sports. him grabbing some young guys and being like, "Hey, follow my lead." That'd be way more entertaining than Tough was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm all about the Cowboy Fight that? Series. Let's have that. Let's have that replace Tough immediately, starting yeah. now. So uh, tonight, <laughs> no more Tough. Some 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 old man talk. Oh fuck. Chuck Liddell, Tito Ortiz is official. Care. They don't have they don't have an official date. They don't have a, a official place. But uh. It's agreed to. What do you think? I don't care. I don't give a fuck. I didn't give a fuck about Gracie Shamrock 7. I don't give a fuck about this. This fight is absurd. It's a cash grab. You know I fucking hate cash grabs. It's a cash grab, but listen, it's on pay-per-view. Who's going to pay for this? People are going to pay. Who's going to pay? Problem is that marketers are smart. Promoters are smart. They'll find a way for people to pay for it. They'll promote it to the point where they take advantage of people. They'll put some kind of incentive on it. You'll get to watch some other fight that you're actually interested in. And people will pay. I'll tell you this. I don't pay for the UFC. (laughs) So, uh, if I don't pay for UFC (laughs) fights, you think I'm going to pay for... Chuck and Tito? Especially like, in this era where everything's free and there are certain things like Hulu, you know, in place of co- cable television. You personally just got rid of cable television. Yeah. So you could have Hulu, Sling, you know, there's all these different options. Netflix, obviously. There's the things that catch fire and you have to have because people look at you like you're crazy if you tell them you don't, you know? Yeah. So, but the problem is that with these models, you know, we were talking about ESPN and their plus app and you know fight pass we talked about that before so we won't touch on it too much again but that's kind of why this pay-per-view it might not do well because people aren't looking to pay for anything nowadays especially if there's a way even if it's difficult if is there if there's a way to get it free is anybody going to be mad that they missed it the night of and watch it online on some website the next day not really there's not going to yeah. be that fear of missing out uh i, I this is a fight that I'm just like, I don't even know if I want to watch it afterwards. If it just popped online free on my laptop, I probably wouldn't even watch it then. I just, yeah, I don't think I, I will. I'm afraid. I don't want either fighter to win. They got, I don't want all it right, to happen at all. This thing is it's <laughs> under Oscar De La Hoya's Golden Boy MMA so that he's starting up. They don't have a location yet for this thing. It's going to be one of those ideas like the bare knuckle boxing where they had to go to... Don't give me stuff. Where they had to go to wherever they were, Wyoming or where, yeah. wherever this happened at. Yeah. And because uh, they, they had to go somewhere where they could find a commission. Yeah. Where there's, no, sanction where there's only dirt roads. Who's going to, who's going <laughs> to, what commission is going to approve Chuck Liddell to fight? None. 
they're gonna he's look at his interviews where he talks about like, how me, he has slurred speech. Let me let me see your brain scan, bruh. Yeah, let me exactly. see that brain scan before I. I'm telling you, sign this my name will on happen this. in a place that only has dirt roads leading to the venue. Yeah, it's God, it's good. <laughs> Ain't be. no civilization. Oh, where this fight goodness. happens, there's no modern tech. There's it's just it's just sad. I don't want to see it happen. I don't care about who wins. It goes against every reason why I want to see a fight happen because you and I both look at fights and we think, what's next for this fighter if they win? That's what's exciting for us. You know, you get super into it. You research their history and you think about the mm-hmm. potential for them. I always and, like um, looking towards the future, man. Yeah. And you can't look towards the future when the future is the past. <laughs> These motherfuckers are the past. Ain't no future for them. They are considered the past. That's where they need to stay. They're goats. They're the greatest of all time. They're up there with the best of them. Chisel their name into the wall somewhere near the uh, Performance Institute and call it. It's done. Man. Aren't they already inducted into the Hall of Fame? Chuck definitely Shouldn't you is. be immediately disqualified from yeah. fighting if you're in the Hall of Fame? <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that part of it? Isn't that the whole point? Is that you're in the Hall of Fame now? You're either dead or you're retired. Like, <laughs> You should be disqualified immediately if you're in the Hall of Fame. Like, what are we even talking about right now? Oh, my God. You want to see Matt Sarah fight again? He just no, got into the Hall of Fame. No. He clearly still has the skills. No. He's over here subduing no. these drunk idiots, <laughs> you know, that are harassing waitresses. But I don't want to see him fight. I don't oh. want to see Chuck fight. I don't want to see. I don't want to see it. I don't care. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a cash grab. It's one of the main things that's kept me away from being a fan of Bellator is that they do cash grabs and, um, you know, this is considered a cash grab. I don't know what organization, some startup bullshit. Oscar De La Hoya, phenom boxing career legend promoter wise. I'm not a fan of the guy at all. Um, and bit of a prick. Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I just don't want to see this. And if it's going to be an Oscar De La Hoya organization promotion, I really am against it. He's going to have his face all over it. That's the problem. Oscar just can't be humble. Like, you know, you're a Hall of Fame guy. Everybody knows you're a legend in the boxing uh, industry. Like, You don't have to still be an asshole. And I don't know. I'm not a fan of it. To, To put it short, I'm not a fan of it. So let's stick with the old man talk. Uh, Vitor. Love that dude. Big fan of Vitor. Vitor th- retired not even two months ago. Yeah. Took off his gloves, middle of the ring, threw him down on the ground on the octagon. I had to do an impromptu SoundCloud recording yeah. just because I was just, God, that shit made me Looking sad. Looking back on the legend that is Vitor Belfort. Um, now he's talking about who would you like me to come back and fight? Like he'd never even retired. He's throwing out Chuck Liddell. He's throwing out, uh, Machida, Anderson Silva. But to what end? Like what organization? These are like, I still have these questions about these uh, I tell you, Bellator would take Vitor in a heartbeat. Yeah. They're looking at figures right now. They're like, how much do we have in the account? Yeah. Go ahead and send them that check. Yeah. They would take him <laughs> easy. Um, people have talked about like pictures that he's posted or he looks jacked. Yeah. There's only that one picture where he's like sitting in a sauna. He's got the camera. He's holding the camera with two hands out in front of him where he's squeezing camera, his chest together. Tricks. Anybody looks jacked when they do yeah. that 
that pose, it's like, you know? It's like fat chicks on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> give me a, a full upper body pic before I just say, oh, he's back on the juice already. Because yeah. I don't know how quick it takes, you know, how quick it is Depends that you get back on the talking, juice. talking. And you get jacked you're like talking, that. You talking that shit they find traces of in GNC or you're talking that deep South America. <laughs> Would you be interested in him fighting again? Were you interested in his last few fights? No, but I come from the fan era. I've been a fan since the TRT era. So if he comes back in, TRT'd to the earlobes. I want to see his traps above. I want to see his traps line up with his nose. I want his traps. But the man's still 40, though. Like. Yeah, TRT doesn't give a fuck. You're talking about HGH and TRT combo. You're talking about that. That's what it is. It, It makes you youthful. But, man, I don't know if his performance would be up to. But TRT is what made him confident in that squared up blitzing style. If he, once he lost it, he lost the confidence. And you see, he started playing defensive. You ever see Vitor, TRT Vitor, try to implement a defensive strategy in the middle of a fight? Nah, he had basic understanding of defense, obviously. He's a fucking mixed martial artist. I just feel like... But he went in there and he knocked people the fuck out. Yeah. That motherfucker was so confident he was throwing wheel kicks for the first time in his career against Luke. Man, you just... And knocked him out with it. It's just... Is TRT going to fix his chin? (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how that shit works. That shit is magic. (sighs) It might. I don't know, It might. I don't... I just... You just got to leave... Like you said, the UFC needs to induct him into the Hall of Fame next week, and then that should cancel out anybody well, that should if fight it, again. Well, if they did, then that would show me that he's ready to officially retire. That's the thing is that I'm pretty sure they don't just force you into the I Hall saw of like, Fame. I saw like the quickest guy that ever got placed in the Hall of Fame was uh, after retirement mm-hmm. was Uriah Faber. After the picket fight? Uh, yeah, he retired, and then he was in the Hall of Fame like, the first induction after his retirement, a couple months later. That's what makes me curious, is that did he go to whatever body, you know, any organization or whatever, did he go to whoever does that, whoever's in charge of that, uh, and say, I officially wanted to retire? Because, you know, people retire. Uh, no. We talked last night about Derek Lewis's retirement, and yeah. that shit lasted one hour. Yeah. <laughs> There's got to be some kind of standard, man. Like, I'm very familiar with basketball which was my first love the Mm -hmm. nba has you have to be officially retired for five years before you're allowed to be inducted into the hall of fame now coaches are different yeah and stuff like that but players you have to be retired for five years because after five years they're like okay this guy's not coming back yeah that's that makes sense to me uh so I, i would like to see their you know there be some kind of standard. Three years. That's the years, problem with this fucking something. sport in general. There's not many standards. Like well, it's so young. They're just kind of going with the wind here. You but know? The problem is that they don't take big risks and then change their mind on them. You know what I mean? Like obviously with the weight cuts and stuff. I guess they did changing the or rather the weigh-ins. You know they did that, but I don't know. I feel like they should try these things that have proven to work in other sports uh and see if it works or not like you said they're young this is something they're gonna have to it's trial and error all day yeah yeah but yeah i i actually want to see v tour fight 
I would I wouldn't mind T T R T V tour in a new league. It'd be it'd be know. fun. It'd be <laughs> fun it'd just be to crazy. visibly see him again, but I don't want to see him fight. I also am holding on to that kick from Lyoto not being the last time I see Vitor. Uh, I'd be fine. That's a lasting image. I'd be fine. I'm gonna remember Vitor for. I mean, I will. The glory too, days. I, damn, that hurts. I'm. I'm, I'm glad it was Lyoto. I'm a hundred percent. Yeah, it's if another it was legend. Some young, it's another another Hall of Famer. Yeah, if it was some young motherfucker that came in there, and did <laughs> bright hand knocked Vitor out cold. I'd be like, oh, shit. But it was Lyoto, you know, respect on a thousand different levels. So I like that. We'll see. We'll see. Vitor is a huge name. And if he goes to Scott Coker and he says, hey, I want to do it. It's signed immediately, no matter what Vitor wants. No matter what opponent Vitor wants. Yep. No matter what division he wants to be in. If he wants to make sure there's no, <laughs> there's some pretty lax rules as far as PDs go and as far as his pay goes. Because that's what Bellator is known for. They sign yeah. guys coming from the UFC that are past their prime, but they're still big names. Vitor's number one on that list for me, or at least in the top five. Yeah. So, um, the MMA awards were la- they were last night. Yeah. Let me any any kind of comment. Pull up the official because it's weird that they announced the winners. They announced the nominations. They announced the winners not too long after that. And then it doesn't air until like the middle of this month or yeah something like July nineteenth or just, something like that. I just think the MMA awards are so cheesy. Like <laughs> Octagon Girl of the Year. Like well, what? They can't, what? They can't have <laughs> exclusion. How do you win that? How do you win? Are you just ha. the prettiest? <laughs> yeah, that's kind do of. Do you strut the say. best? Did you not mess up any of the cards that you were holding? Like, how do you win that? It should go by like the only, the only figure, the only statistic you could put out is like the amount of big events you've done. They gave a, uh, they gave John McCarthy, referee of the year. Like, yeah. what's the criteria? He didn't fuck like up ability. once. This is all. <laughs> here's the thing. There's popularity contests based on there's popularity contests in addition to statistics like Max Holloway and his fucking winning streak. Him becoming champ, beating Aldo twice, and people like him. So he's the clear winner for Fighter of the Year. Right. That goes through, like you said, with all the fighters. You can see a commonality. Rose Namajunas, you know, Female Fighter of the Year, et cetera, et cetera. But when you get to, like you said, get to some of these other ones, it's like Ref of the Year. They gave him a, a Lifetime Achievement Award, John McCarthy. I mean, that's pretty cool. But uh, referee of the year, just like how do you, how do you judge that? You know why even have organization of the year if the UFC is just gonna win every year? I don't know. You know, here's a here's an interesting one we can talk about. This is kind of like a hashtag. What's your stance? Maybe this is one that uh, you don't agree with. Coach of the year, Trevor Whitman. You also had Duke Rufus, Frasahabi, Matt Hume, and Dwayne Lundwig in there. Did do you do it based on? How many champions they've coached, or they're currently coaching? Trevor Whitman has their... like, Rose Namajunas, Justin Gaethje, and I'm not sure who else. Right, like if you have two champions and the other coach has one champion and one 
you know, number one contender, does the guy with two champions win automatically? Like, well, I want to look at the statistics. I don't know. I like the statistics. Matt Hume has Demetrius Johnson, and I can't name another guy. Yeah. Um, Dwayne has TJ, obviously, and... Dwayne has TJ. Who else is in Bang Ludwig? It's just TJ, right? As far as, like, big names. TJ's his guy. Yeah. That's all I got. Um, Frost is GSP. Faraz has a lot of guys. He does, right? He's got GSP. Uh, he's got Aubin Mercier. Okay. I think Rory McDonald might still be a TriStar. Probably. So that would be a big one. Um, what was the other name? Oh, Duke Rufus. Yeah, so uh, got I mean, CM Punk. CM Punk had a hell of a year. Um... I mean, Duke's got, you know, he's got Tyron Woodley. He's got oh, Paul right. Felder. Yeah. He's got the Pettis brothers. He's got he's more got, he's, got a, he's got a stable. Yeah, he's got more names. So, Duke Duke could have had a uh, an argument there. Maybe Trevor Whitman won because of what he did with Rose. Like, he's a clear... I mean, Pat Barry might be, not for coach, obviously, but he might have had a, more of an effect on Rose. Uh, yeah, well, he definitely works with it on a, on a daily basis. Absolutely. Yeah, well, <laughs> we saw yeah. for striking, like insane. Remember, I talked about uh, in episode one. I talked about Rose's career at Tough, and it was just like, is when is she gonna secure an amazing finish by submission? Um, and if she doesn't, she's gonna lose this fight. You know, she wasn't a competent striker. She wasn't. A dangerous striker. She's a dangerous striker now. She definitely her career just took off. Yeah, and in a direction that not many people saw it going. That and would I, be, you know, you got to give. I guess I don't know what Whitman did specifically with it, but he's our head coach, and he's got to have a big role in that. And she, For had, sure. she had the upset of the year. Oh, hundred percent. And then she defended her belt against Joanna again. Were, to like in my head, they were both upsets. I thought that. Yoana yeah, was people, off her game. She, was, she, she was, underestimated her, and I was like, "Oh, she's Yoana was the favorite in the rematch." Yeah. So, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, why not Whitman? Uh, what, what were some other things in there? Uh, gym of the year, American Top Team won that. Yeah, they got they got too many too many fighters. They got like, a, a whole. They got a lot, a ridiculous amount, too many to name. So it's just a lot of those awards are just so. Just so basic, and it's even even the uh, you know male fighter of the year, female fighter of the year. It's like they only fight two to three times a year. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not much of a. I don't know. I I, I could care less. Couldn't care less about the uh, MMA awards. Yeah, they don't on the website. They don't have. Uh, they have the nominees for leading man, but they don't. Give a winner. Like, so I think it's gonna be Dana. Right? I'll go with Dana. Yeah, you think it's gonna be Dana? <laughs> I'll go with Dana. You sure it's not gonna be Chatri Sit Yodatong? That guy? Yeah, him. <laughs> I'll go with Dana. I think that might be the one FC guy. I don't know. I <laughs> best promotion man KSW. Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and go with UFC. It's it's Dana. It's Scott Coker, and then it's. Everybody else. It's weird. Some of these they didn't list the winner, like for personality of the year. They didn't. Well, whoever was Rogan, whoever was typing that, just got bored. And, <laughs> probably uh, gave up. Probably. Dominic Cruz got analyst of the year. That's interesting. Over your boy Jimmy Smith. 
Because mm. he's the only one I would I like Felder, but I would say that Cruz is better than Felder. Just, he's been doing just... it longer. Brian Stan, yeah, he's good, but he doesn't. He's not like in the limelight I enough guess, for me. I guess Cruz wins when you can't shut him up. You know, the guy never stops talking during a fight. But he's so knowledgeable, man. Sometimes you need That's to great. let him talk. There's some other guys knowledgeable on that on that uh, commentator <laughs> table. You can let them talk. Yeah, come on. He only did that like twice. Yeah, well, he doesn't fight. I mean, he doesn't commentate all the time. I wonder yeah. who the commentating team is for uh, the pay-per-view this week. Oh, I don't know. Obviously not DC. No, well, it's got to be Rogan Cruz. Jimmy, maybe? Well, Anik is in there. So it's Anik, Rogan, and yeah, either Cruz or Jimmy. It's probably going to be Cruz and then Jimmy in studio. That's my guess. Yeah, probably. Um, Yeah. Um, the last, the last MMA hearsay. Um, one championship had an event last week, and uh, they ruled in favor of one fighter. Couldn't mm-hmm. tell you his name. The judges ruled in, in his favor. He won by decision. Mm-hmm. Days later, the judges and Matt Hume, who has some kind of executive position with one championship, apparently they got together. They rewatched the fight. And they overturned the decision and gave it to the loser. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Well, initially, I like it because it leaves the door open for MMA organizations to look at the problems that we're having currently with judging and they're looking for an alternative. This is an alternative. I like the idea of being open to new things and... Just having a new look, a new fresh of eye, you know, fresh pair of eyes on on a fight. I don't feel like this is the right way to go with it. Though I like that this happened. I'm a fan of this happening because it's opening up this kind of conversation where it's like, yeah, MMA judging is being questioned day in and day out, and now they're doing a, a new way of it. I tell you why I don't like it. One, because it's the same judges involved that reviewed it. So you watched it once, you thought one guy won. But and then, that, isn't that one of the big problems with MMA judging is that they don't know what they're looking at in the moment? Maybe, but... Because they're not you, fighters? You can't raise a guy's hand in the cage and then give him a, a winner's interview and maybe there's there's bonuses involved and all this other stuff. And then days later, be like, eh, you know what? We <laughs> we thought about it again. This isn't something and, that can uh, happen all the time. I get what you're saying. It's real bad We for thought the about it. But and, it does uh, prove, I feel like this is my just supreme optimist outlook on it. It does prove that judging is really fucking hard. And that these judges yeah. are uniquely, not all of them, because you corrected me on this uh, not too long ago. Not all of them, but most judges... Uh, are uniquely disqualified or unqualified, however you want to word it, to look at a fight live and judge it because they haven't been there before. And it's going to be rare to have fighters want to become judges, so you have to look at the pool of people that want to become judges and you have to vet them in a different way. And maybe now they're not being vetted, but at least they're. it's proving that they need to go back and watch that shit because they don't know what they're looking at when they're watching it live. When there's trans- transitions on the ground, like you and I, I have not trained jujitsu. I plan on it. I haven't done it yet. You've trained jujitsu. You can explain things on the ground that I can't because of that. 
And it's because of that that if you and I became MMA judges for this fight, there are some things that you would see that you would score higher on than I would because I just don't see it. We're watching two different fights, technically, on a technical level. My my opinion with this uh, this particular situation is like, why even if it, it if you go three rounds and nobody finishes the other guy, why even allow the judges to fill out a card if you're just gonna watch it later anyway? <laughs> That's a good point. You know, it's like why even bother? Stay to tuned. Do an <laughs> yeah, just, stay tuned for the post fight decision. <laughs> you might as well just and then go to another. You might as well show. just send them to the back and let them watch it. Again, if, that, if that's make the some case. extra money, it's like stay tuned, and then it's like behind a paywall. You got to pay to see the decisions. <laughs> you know, like, and then it's like I them being know, interviewed man. and them being interviewed and like celebrating, getting a bonus, but it's like half an hour later. This this is what's gonna happen when you put it in the hand in the hands of the judges. It's it's gonna be you can't eliminate bias. Does that have to be part of the people. future of the sport though? Is like who knows? Up to the judges. Like, that's the problem that people are having with the sport is that they get invested in this fight and there's a lot of people that are uneducated, so they're probably a lot of them wrong, but they get invested in a fight and they're like, okay, this person definitely won. And then the judges announce that they lost. And then people are like, fuck this. And they want somebody to blame. When really they probably have themselves to blame. I, I think that is, I think it's kind of ridiculous. I think we're both on Twitter. You watch, we watch fights and... We see a decision that we think is, we're confident that this guy won three to two. Mm-hmm. But you go and try to find a consensus on that, and you'll see that mm, 75% of people who watch the fight think this way. Right. And 25% think the, uh, the other guy won three to two. Mm-hmm. So if you take three judges, the same thing's going to happen with them. Yeah, probably. You know? They're, they're people. They're going to they're gonna see things differently. They're on opposite sides of the octagon when yeah, they watch that's the fight. You pointed out, I hadn't really realized they're sitting alone. Yeah. So what if know, all the action in a triangle? What if basically. all the action is on one side of the octagon, and they yeah. can't see as well over there to see exactly what's happening? Yeah. They might miss something. True. It's just, I think, as long as there's going to be people basing, you know, their opinions and their bias and all that stuff is going to come into a fight. You're always going to get deferring opinions on who won a fight and that's not going to change just because these guys are judges it's always going to be that way when when was the last time you saw joe rogan and one of his guests agree on who won a fight that's a good point him and shaw both talk about how the how the judges suck and then they defer on who won a fight so who's right and who's wrong there, yeah, there is no right. Highly, wrong. highly educated in the sport. Yeah. The, the problem from a fan point, and this is the only thing that I'm really worried about in the future of the sport, because I want the sport to grow so much more. The problem I'm having is that when the fight goes to decision, the feeling in the crowd and the feeling of the people watching is the same as if in, let's say, NBA, the end of a game, if there's a foul and half the people agree on it and half of the people disagree on it that's that feeling but imagine if that happened at the end of a tie game every single game or more often than not like that rarely happens usually somebody's up and they continue to be up and then they win but imagine if it's 100 to 100 and 75 percent of the time or let's say even 50 percent of the time which i'm sure there's more decisions than 50 percent but let's say 50 percent of the time there's 
that happens in the NBA. People will be turned off by the sport because they can't have that confidence. Yeah. You know, people, even though that's the problem with MMA being a team that's not a sport or not a, uh, uh, being a sport that's not a team sport. You know, they're invested in one person, but everybody still has that mentality of wanting to be part of a team. So when they, they're team Felder or team Perry or team Roundtree, team Cormier, whatever it is, they get invested in that throughout the fight. They're invested in that shit before the fight even starts. They're talking shit, you know, whether you're watching or you're live. And then when that decision comes out, just something gets taken away from you that you can't even wrap your head around. And that's the problem. People don't, people can't wrap their head around these decisions. We need more confidence in judging. And I don't know the answer to fix that. I definitely don't think that this one FC decision, and it's kind of creepy that it's the judges and then the owner, because what are the owner's investments? Like, what kind of angles are is he looking to make? You know what I mean? I'm not trying to judge his character, but there's some kind of business aspect of that that makes me wary. But I like the fact that we're opening up new ideas. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if there is an answer. I did a, a little study of mine on the uh, judges from Till Wonderboy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, instantly people just write off judges as, oh, they have no experience. They're from boxing, blah, blah, That's blah, blah, I blah. <laughs> I looked up all three of those judges. Uh-huh. One is a Hodger Gracie black belt and had an MMA fight. And the other two had extensive MMA fighting experience. So... I don't, I don't like people just writing off, you know, oh, it's boxing and yeah. they don't know shit. You know, I, I, we see that more in America. We see that more in Vegas fights. True. And that's what... Because that's the comedy. That's what people just throw out there as the standard. Yeah, it's lazy. Like, I'll, I'll yeah, admit it, it straight up. Like, it's a lazy thing to just be like, oh, they're all boxing because that's how it started. Yeah. It started as just... If you look up... I was looking up the unified rules and it doesn't show... Like mixed martial arts, you have to click on boxing, and then it's like a drop down thing yeah. where it's under the same thing, but they add a little asterisk or or whatnot. Yeah, man. So I don't know. I don't, I don't know what the answer is, but I don't think anybody has it. I know there's a lot of interesting ideas that are thrown around from time to time, though. Uh, I just I want more confidence. I yeah. want the sport to grow, and you can't have people investing in these fighters and then being disappointed time and time again. Let's get to these uh, these Twitter polls that we ran. Oh, yeah. Um, two specifically got a lot of feedback, a lot of conversation, um, close finishes. Uh, the main one we posed was what uh, non-UFC fighter would you like to see fight in the UFC? Mm-hmm. Options being Ben Askren, Michael Venom Page, Michael Chandler, or a return of Rory McDonald. Mm-hmm. Um, the winner, there was, there was over 500 votes. I think it was 520 people voted. And uh, the winner was uh, Ben Askren. He had 60-something percent. 63. 63. Overwhelming. So... Uh, what do you think about that answer? And what do you, what what what's your uh, what's your stance? God, I don't like talking about Ben Askren because it's never going to happen. But I will say 
I did a little research on Ben Askren. At first, I was like, fuck this guy. He doesn't look like he's marketable. He seems like he's out of his prime. He's the type of fighter that bores the shit out of me. Though, I had to do the same thing for him that I had to do for Colby Covington. I had to look at the statistics. I had to look at what they're good at. And I had to give him credit for getting to where they've gotten. And I looked at that a little bit. And I realized that he's accomplished a lot. Uh, I wouldn't regard him as a Hall of Famer because he just hasn't beaten the top talent that resides in the UFC. And until he does that, I mean, it's not even worth talking about because he's not going to. But looking at him in comparison, I don't see any possibility of him ranking. Like, I didn't think this was going to happen. 36%. I thought the fact that you put Roy McDonald in there Mm-hmm. Just made it unfair, to be quite honest, because that was my pick, Rory McDonald, right off the bat. Rory to come back. Rory was a huge. That was the one that like I was gutted when he left. I was like, wait, what? Like you're talking about the young Canadian star that put on fight. Like we talk about the best fights in the history of the sport. Rory Lawler by far is up there. In the Rory Diaz was yeah. nice. Fuck yeah, Rory Diaz. I mean, Rory is a. Just insane talent, young, talented, puts on crazy fights. He's not just getting these slick knockouts. He's getting hurt and coming back. Roy is a guy that put it all on the line at a young age and still has the talent, still has the ability to win. And uh, the only time we saw that waiver was against Wonder Boy, you know? Mm-hmm. And he, was look, on, he had one foot out the door. Yeah, by but that look time. at what Rory did to Woodley. I mean, you're talking about the current champ. So mm-hmm. that's a clear cut. I know I mean, people don't like to do MMA math, but I'll do it. Rory could come back and fight against Woodley. I mean, that's the one that really hyped me up because I feel like he would seamlessly transition back into that weight division and be a num- be in the top three and could beat anybody in the top three currently. Yeah. Um, I agree on Askren. I don't see the... Uh... I don't see the the popularity coming with him or the the marketability coming with him. He just has a, a very dry way of speaking. He's yeah. outspoken, but he has a dry way of speaking. If that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, he's got that beef with Dana. Blah 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 blah. But uh, amazing fighter. I don't know where he would fit in, but I I just don't have any interest in in seeing it. Mm-mm. Even you talk to. A guy like GSP, GSP doesn't seem like he has any interest in, in fighting a guy like Askren. GSP's... And that's who Askren wants. Like, way, way, way above that. Uh, that fight makes zero sense. My pick was Michael Venom Page. Yeah. I want I want to see Michael Venom Page um, in the UFC. His, his striking is so unique. It's insane. It's just it's just so different. He does whatever he wants. He has no game plan. He's just like so I'm having different. fun and I'm better than everyone. And uh the way that he speaks, he can sell himself. He's from England, so he has that fan base behind him. Um he's getting into boxing and UFC's getting into boxing, Zufa boxing. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's a lot of opportunities there. And look at his last fight. Is that the kind of competition we want to see Michael Venom Page against? No, but I, I, mean, I tell you, I don't know a thing about his grappling skills. Well, I want to but, find out. But you put him in there against a 170 guy in the UFC who is 
a pure striker. Mm-hmm. And well, I don't know. I don't know about everybody, but most of those guys, he's gonna he's gonna have his way with them. It'd be interesting to see him and Thompson. Oh I'd love to see that man! Talk about a striker's dream. Oh, I'm striker bias for those who don't know. So we're doing uh, <laughs> Stephen Thompson. Stephen Thompson and MVP in South Carolina. Let's do Ooh. it. Let's do it. <laughs> but yeah, that's the thing, man. Having Rory in there, it's like I felt like Rory was the biggest loss. Potential future for somebody who's never been in the UFC. We've always wanted to see Venom Page in there. Venom talks about how Scott Coker treats him like a son. Scott Coker is just a good, genuine guy. You know, we've seen interviews with Scott. He seems like he legitimately is this genuine guy that really cares about his fighters. He's a promoter, but he's not. He doesn't take it to that next level. You know, mm-hmm. Dana does, but it's also one of the reasons why the UFC is number one. And uh, you can't take that away from Dana. They look at Scott and it's like, damn, man. For the fans, you should leave Bellator. And you should go fight the best in the world. Though, for the longevity of your career and just being comfortable and just continuing to beat the shit out of people and making memes and talking shit and throwing pokeballs at people and like whatever weird antics he does, all that extra shit he does with the fucking... You know, yeah. Thanos glove and doing the Fortnite dance. Like, you can't do that in the UFC, you know? They they, they limit your freedom. Oh, yeah. 100%. Like You know, your sponsorships and your antics and all that stuff. They definitely limit your freedom. And Bellator has been like, a, hey, we'll take you how how you are. Yeah, you know? exactly. Exactly. It's like, it's like living somewhere that's super conservative or working somewhere, rather, that's super conservative and then going somewhere that's super liberal. Yeah. And it's like the place that's super conservative is going to pay you more. You're going to get more exposure. You know, it's a good business move, but you can't be yourself. Yeah. So, uh, man, I, I think I just love to see MVP. Michael Chandler is a, he came, he came in last, I guess you'd say. Um, yeah. I don't know if he came in last in the Twitter polls. Yeah, he did. He got 11%. Rory got 12%. Page got 14 and Baskin. Askren rather Ben Askren got sixty three percent. Yeah, so um, Close. Michael Chandler I'd like to see in in the UFC. Yeah, but uh, I don't know, man. MVP is kind of he's he's kind of turned his turned turn turn the tables for me. Yeah. Um, another Twitter poll was uh, the Donald Cerrone legacy. Ooh, um, a touchy subject. Basically, how will you remember him? Um, but based on the top two answers, which were dead even, mm-hmm. uh, one option being Hall of Famer, the other one being he's a legend, but no title. That's how you would remember him. Uh, yeah. How how are you remembering Donald Cerrone, you know? Gosh, man. I want to say, like, initially, as soon as I ask myself that question, I say legend but no title. Because that's what you think about when you think about someone's career. Meaning they're retired officially. They haven't fought in years like we were talking about earlier. I wish he had that title. I wish I could say, damn, Cowboy did it. One I want to live that to moment never, through him. To never get a title. Um, such a fucking career. I mean, we're talking about like it's already over, but you know, such a career that man has had thus far, and uh, the title's looking like it'll never happen. And it's not even—it's never been because of skill. 
It's been because the decisions that he makes himself. I don't give a fuck about his management team. Every time Cowboy makes a decision, like fighting after that Matt Brown fight, fighting till, what did he agree to? He agreed to the Matt Brown fight, like not even two months, I want to say, after Brown. Well, look at this, uh, Perry. He was going to step in to fight Perry. Yeah. He just lost to Leon Edwards. He's going to step in and fight Perry already. I get that that's his name and he wants to own the Cowboy moniker. And he, yeah, he is a badass and that's cool and all. Though... He just, just had a baby. That always bothered me. Just had a baby. He needs to go chill with his wife or his girl or whatever she is and his baby and mm-hmm. chill on that ranch and go wakeboarding. And but he's never chilling, man. I mean, that that kind of stuff, you know. It makes it look it, like he's doing it for the money. And I know he's not. He said that, though, on podcast. Not, not so clear cut, but he said, like, I like to do crazy shit. Crazy shit costs money. Because he said yeah. that on, yeah. on a few podcasts, like. You know, he he likes to live a very lavish, not lavish life, that's the wrong word, an extreme life, mm-hmm. you know, um, and BMF Ranch is part of that, you know, so it's not, it's it's an altruistic goal, it's not just this um, self-indulgent, he's not a high barn Ferraris and shit, you know, um, yeah, he's, he's, he's one of those guys that, man, you watch, like I say, watch a podcast about him, or watch a podcast he's on, you learn a lot about him, you learn anything about him. You like it. I mean, he's just a likable guy. Um, he's one of the only people that's openly supported Donald Trump that I'm like, don't give a fuck. I like <laughs> Like, everybody else, I'm like, burn in hell. <laughs> like, I hate everything <laughs> about you. How dare you support this person? But thinking and, and, and uh, just looking at Donald Cerrone, man, it's like, I would definitely say legend, but no title. I think that's what I picked because I vote on these. That's what too. I picked. Um I don't know what the criteria is to get into. What do you th- What do you think? I mean, do you think a guy needs to be a champion to get into the Hall of Fame? The only if, reason, if their career, if their career was primarily at the UFC and they never got a title, then I don't think they should be. It's considered. it's it's a tough line because it's like, what did they contribute to fighting in general? Because. Uriah Faber got in. He never held a belt in the UFC. That's the first one I thought about just now. And, but I mean, he paved the way for the little guy. Yeah. So his his influence in he's MMA is is monumental. Yeah, he's and also been you know he's well deserving. Yeah, he's also been a coach, a mentor to champions. But what's what's Donald Cerrone's? Not his legacy, but his his influence. On the sport, I don't think he's had much influence. He's just, he's been a fan favorite, just a cowboy, yeah, yeah. But uh, he didn't change the game or anything, you know. Not really. Didn't no. hold a title, so I don't see Hall of Fame. Mm-mm. People uh, think that I I had this conversation with myself, thinking like, damn, is that disrespectful to say? But I don't think it is. I think if you look at the people that are definite Hall of Famers, you can't compare them to Cowboy, or you can't, you know. Cowboy can't compare to them. Yeah. He's he's up there. Like that's the thing. I think people look at Hall of Famer and when you say no doubt, it's like Hall of Famer no doubt. It's like a casual conversation like, "Oh, he's yeah, he's a legend." Like he's it's it's kind of lost in the terminology of what a Hall of Famer is. You're not really looking at it like a real Hall of Famer. He's a guy that people will always remember. Nobody's ever going to be like, "Who was Cowboy Cerrone?" You know? It's like, "Yeah, if you remember his earlier career, before this, you know, recent losing streak, 
you know Cowboy, he's a big part of the sport. I just don't think, like you said, he changed the tide of mixed martial arts. Yeah. And that's why, you know, he's legend. But that's the one thing. As soon as he went on that winning streak at welterweight, I was like, this is a shot. This is this is it. He took a big risk in going to welterweight. It's working. And now it's not. And it, I guarantee if he wouldn't have taken that fucking fight against Till, we wouldn't be talking about this shit right now. Yeah, that, changed, say that the, changed the course. The of poll would have been the, the end, who end should Cerrone. <laughs> the poll would have been who should Cerrone defend his title against. Oof, 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 oof. You think Cerrone can beat Woodley? No. <laughs> yeah, <me either>. <laughs> <laughs> it sucks that there's a guy at the top that hasn't fought in a while that doesn't have the most exciting fights, but we all agree is real fucking hard to beat. <laughs> yeah. Like he's I can't. real hard to beat. Well, who's the guy that could beat him right now? The guy that comes to mind is Darren Till. Yeah. That's the one guy that I Till look at. Till can beat him. Till can beat him. I don't. Till has a shot. I, I can't name another top welterweight right now that I see beating Woodley. Gastelum. If he went if, back. If he was to drop if down. Dropped, they fought once before as a split now. decision. Yeah. A rematch with Gaslam is what really interested me before um, Kelvin went up to middleweight. If he would have stayed at welterweight and been more successful making weight, that was exciting for me. Yeah. But we'll never see it. Never see it, man. Yeah. All right. Well, um, I guess we're going to call it a wrap yeah, on wrap it up, man. episode four. Uh, make sure you guys follow the Twitter pages, Fight Stance Pod, Fight Stance JC, and Fight Stance Flex. Let us know your thoughts on the episode. Give us some feedback. Um, engage us in a debate, something you disagree with, and let us know what you think. That's All right. It. That's it. That's it. Signing out.